products to render obsolete such traditional sources of competitive advantage as a sales force, a supreme brand, and even the world's best content. When managers hear this story, many respond, interesting, but it has nothing to do with my business. Britannica is in an information business. Thank goodness I'm not. They feel less secure, however, when they learn that the largest chunk of Britannica's cost structure was not the editorial content, which constituted only about 5% of costs, but the direct sales force. Britannica's vulnerability was due mainly to its dependence on the economics of a different kind of information, the economics of intensive personal selling. Many businesses fit that description, among them automobiles, insurance, real estate, and travel. Every business is an information business. In many industries not widely considered information businesses, information actually represents a large percentage of the cost structure. About one-third of the cost of healthcare in the United States, some $300 billion, is the cost of capturing, storing, and processing such information as patients' records, physicians' notes, test results, and insurance claims. More fundamentally, information is the glue that holds together the structure of all businesses. A company's value chain consists of all the activities it performs to design, produce, market, deliver, and support its product. The value chains of companies that supply and buy from one another collectively make up an industry's value chain, its particular configuration of competitors, suppliers, distribution channels, and customers. When we think about a value chain, we tend to visualize a linear flow of physical activities. But the value chain also includes all the information that flows within a company and between a company and its suppliers, its distributors, and its existing or potential customers. Supplier relationships, brand identity, process coordination, customer loyalty, employee loyalty, and switching costs all depend on various kinds of information. When managers talk about the value of customer relationships, for example, what they really mean is the proprietary information that they have about their customers and that their customers have about the company and its products. Brands, after all, are nothing but the information, real or imagined, intellectual or emotional, that consumers have in their heads about a product. And the tools used to build brands, advertising, promotion, and even shelf space, are themselves information or ways to deliver information. Similarly, information defines supplier relationships. Having a relationship means that two companies have established certain channels of communication built around personal acquaintance, mutual understanding, shared standards, electronic data interchange, EDI systems, or synchronized production systems. In any buyer-seller relationship, information can determine the relative bargaining power of the players. Auto dealers, for example, know the best local prices for a given model. Customers, unless they invest a lot of time shopping around, generally do not. Much of the dealer's margin depends on that asymmetry of information. Not only does information define and constrain the relationship among the various players in a value chain, but in many businesses it also forms the basis for competitive advantage, even when the cost of that information is trivial and the product or service is thoroughly physical. To cite some of the best-known examples, American Airlines for a long time used its control of the Sabre reservation system to achieve higher levels of capacity utilization than its competitors. Walmart has exploited its EDI links with suppliers to increase its inventory turns dramatically. And Nike has masterfully employed advertising, endorsements, and the micro-segmentation of its market to transform sneakers into high-priced fashion goods. All three companies compete as much on information as they do on their physical product. 
In many ways, then, information and the mechanisms for delivering it stabilize corporate and industry structures and underlie competitive advantage. But the informational components of value are so deeply embedded in the physical value chain that in some cases we are just beginning to acknowledge their separate existence. When information is carried by things, by a salesperson or by a piece of direct mail, for example, it goes where the things go and no further. It is constrained to follow the linear flow of the physical value chain. But once everyone is connected electronically, information can travel by itself. The traditional link between the flow of product-related information and the flow of the product itself, between the economics of information and the economics of things, can be broken. What is truly revolutionary about the explosion in connectivity is the possibility it offers to unbundle information from its physical carrier. The trade-off between richness and reach. Let's back up for a moment to consider why this is such a revolutionary proposition. To the extent that such information is embedded